On the screen, you see a big book. <clears throat> you recognize it, of course. That's the book of the ancient words. And we're going to be reading some from the ancient book with ancient words, with open hearts. We're going to take ourselves off of autopilot and consciously do what we're doing. And we're going to think about the words that we're reading. And as I read these words, we're going to be reading about living by faith. A lot of people live by faith. In fact, everyone does. Atheists do and agnostics do and we do. We do when we go to the doctor. We, we believe in him. We trust him and our lawyer and our financial manager and our pharmacist and that guy under the wheel of the oncoming car. And we do a lot of this on autopilot. We're not thinking much about it. You might call it an unconscious faith, but there's another kind of faith that's very conscious. It's a faith that can possess us and control us and strengthen us and guide us and empower us, and that's the faith that comes from hearing the Word of God. Habakkuk 2, verse 4, the last part. After being warned about an oncoming invasion of the Assyrians, he says, but the righteous will live by his faith. And that carried over into the New Testament in Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. For in the gospel, the righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Again, that's echoed in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. Clearly, no one is justified by God, before God by the law, because the righteous will live by faith. And as an introduction to what he's going to say in Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, when so many people did so many things by faith, he says in verse 10, Verse 38, the first part, but my righteous one will live by faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, we live by faith, not by sight. Well, I don't want to get something out of the way early on and see how many fans we have in the uh, congregation. Dick's gone fishing. I never fish. And it's a little daunting to stand in the place of the great fisherman who is always well-prepared, well-studied, and well-spoken. But I humbly offer you this. He lost the ball game. <laughs> and I won. <laughs> I went into his office one day counseling some people getting ready for a funeral. I noticed that he had put uh, a poster upside down. Now, I knew it wasn't supposed to be this way. And I said, well, I'll help him. He seldom makes a mistake, but he just made a big mistake this time. And I'll just peel that off, and I'll turn it right side up and paste it on there. And uh, 
It was three weeks before he noticed. But when he did notice, he remembered the guy that wore the longhorn tie to church and was using his office. But he was very gracious, very kind. All he said, don't let that happen again. <laughs> he is, I'm sure he was praying for his team. I'm just sure of it. You see, in Oklahoma has fanatics. In Texas, they're just fans. <laughs> and one thing we can do, that book that's on the screen is big enough for all of us to stand together on and join hands and hearts no matter what team we're for, who wins and who loses. We will win in Christ Jesus because we're united in him on the basis of his word. There's that kind of faith that comes from hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By the hearing the word of God. So when you listen, when you read, when you inculcate, you take in the word of God and believe what it says, you have faith. And as we listen, faith grows. As we study, faith increases. But when we neglect our study of the Word, when we think about other things rather than meditating on His Word, our faith diminishes. An open Bible is the source of truth and the source of faith and joy and love and all the things that we find in Christ. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ from first to finish Jesus is the living word. I've got to give two testimonies. Is that all right? We won't vote on it. That's the way the Baptists do. I'll just do it. <clears throat> My faith started over a dishpan. It was in a friend's house. His grandma was washing dishes and I was drying. You used to have to dry dishes. Thank God for drying dishes. Because we had so many dishes and had so much drying that Grandma got a time to unload the whole load on me. She began in the beginning and she finished up with the fact that I need to go to church to hear the gospel and be saved. And she said, you've got to be baptized. I tried to argue with her. I couldn't find Matthew. I lost. She won. Next Sunday, I packed a grocery shopping bag full of clothes to make the change. I went to church, and when the invitation song was sung, I was sitting on the front row already with my clothes. People wondered, what's he doing with that sack? And I found out they had garments. And on October the 15th, 1948, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ as a result of Two things, that woman alerting me to my need and the preacher explaining what my need was. I'd gone to church two Sundays and I went forward and was baptized. Evidently the machine said cold water. It was cold. But I didn't mind the cold. If it had been scalding, I would go in there and be baptized. I was under such conviction and that conviction carried me through the act of being united with Christ in his death 
buried with him, raised with him to walk a new life, and taking hold of the plow of the kingdom and never looking back. And since that day, I've been living by faith. Consciously, deliberately living by faith. Faith is rather like a muscle. I don't know how many of you have discovered this, but when you get older, your mus muscles atrophy. Couldn't be that we sit around and don't do anything. Get soft and flabby, out of shape. And I'd done all three of those things. And my doctor suggested, no, my doctor is a military doctor. He's a colonel in the Air Force. He is a lawyer licensed in Texas. He is now our county judge, and he is a doctor. And he said, you're going to physical therapy. I said, yes, sir. And for six weeks, he consigned me to the ordeal of going three times a week to a strenuous physical exercise thing in a physical therapy center. And it worked. Look here. In three weeks, they turned me loose. They said, you are already ready to just go home and continue the exercise. And I've done that very faithfully, haven't I, hon? <laughs> and I learned something about this old body and the core condition of the body, which needs to be exercised. And I convey that to you as an illustration of the fact that if your faith is neglected, if the word is not opened, and read and studied and meditated upon. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. And your faith will become flabby and weak and need to be exercised. So I challenge you to live consciously every day from getting up time to going to bed. Live consciously by faith. And whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father by him. And let all that you do be done in love. Tell the story of a man who became a multi-multi-millionaire. Because of his humility, he would not like me to name his name. He decided early in his career to devote his life to God. He said, the way I will do that, I will devote the first day of the week, every week, totally to God. And so he used that day as the Lord's day. I'm reminded of going to a church one time. They had senior day. They had baby day. They had this day. They had that day. And one of the older members said, when are they going to have the Lord's day? This day is the Lord's day. Then the first hour of every day should be devoted to him. If you devote the first hour of your day, get up early if you have to. Jesus did. He got up before daybreak and he went out to a place and prayed. But fill the first hour full of spiritual exercise and reading and pursuing a greater knowledge of the word of God. Just luxuriating in the promises that God has made holding on to that hope that is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and spend an hour in a quiet place with God every morning. Then he said the third thing. 
I'll give the first dime of every dollar I ever make to God. And that dime grew into dollars and hundreds and thousands and millions. And that's a good recipe for a good life. And I would call that living by faith. You know, the New Covenant is not written in a book until it's transcribed from the book to our hearts. It's not the New Covenant. If everybody that has a Bible would, could claim, I have the New Covenant. No, you don't have it in a book. It has to be written on the fleshly tablets of the heart. Second Corinthians chapter 3 says it's inscribed by the Spirit on the fleshly tablets of the heart. Remember the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, one reason we sin as much as we do, and I appreciate Nathan's humility, and he spoke for all of us this morning. One reason we don't do better is we don't know better. And one reason we don't know better, we forgot because we didn't rehearse and remember. So when we have the word hidden in our heart, and it becomes part of us. We'd be like Jesus when he went out into the wilderness and he was tempted in three ways by Satan. Fall down and worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. He said, it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. He was tempted to turn the stones to bread and he was hungry. And can you see Christ coming back from that 40-day lapse in his uh, life sunburned, lean, and lank, and hungry. And he said, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And when he was transported in some kind of a vision to the pinnacle of the temple, he said, jump off and his angels will bear you up. It says so in Psalm 90. Jesus said, but it is written, you shall not test, you shall not try the Lord your God. The point being that what Jesus used to beat back the onslaughts of Satan was the word of God. He had it with him. He had it in him. He knew it. And everything that Satan threw at him, he had the shield of faith to ward off the fiery darts of the evil one. And our shield of faith has to be adequate when we put on the whole armor of God and stand dressed for the battle, we can withstand everything that Satan throws at us if we're fully clad in the whole armor of God with the sword of the Spirit as our, as our, as our, the sword of the Spirit as our sword, the Word of God. And that psalmist that said, uh, thy word I've hid in my heart, there might not sin against thee, he, Spends 170-something, what's 13, uh, 8 times 22, 176 verses. See, I went to school in Oklahoma. That's the reason I can do it just like that in my head. Tell Dick I said that, will you? And he spent all of those verses enumerating, explaining why he was vaccinated and fascinated and elevated and captivated and indoctrinated and, and uh, dedicated by the Word of God because he thought about it day and night. It was his delight, his joy, his love. He loved it better than silver and gold. 
Now that's saying a lot. When we were obedient to the gospel, do you remember how they presented the gospel to some of us? Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. Five easy steps if you have the faith that comes from the word. But each step that you take in that, and each step you take in all of your life, faith was accepting the word of God and Repentance was turning like the word teaches and confession was telling like Jesus said, confess me before men. And being baptized, being baptized was simply following the example of Jesus and the command of Christ who in the Great Commission said, go teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and lo, I'm with you always even to the end of the earth. And when he said in Mark, Go preach the gospel to every creature in all the world. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. And as he said in Luke, that is written, thus it is written, thus it behooved the Christ to suffer the third day to rise again from the dead, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name beginning at Jerusalem. So Peter, equipped with the Holy Spirit, directed by the instructions of Christ, carried out that great commission on Pentecost. When they said, what shall we do? They were convicted that Christ was killed with lawless hands. They were convicted that he was raised from the dead, that he sat on David's throne, that he was made Lord in Christ. They were convicted. They said, what shall we do? And he said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus put great emphasis on obedience. And though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And being then made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. As we get into the word, the open word with an open heart, the ancient words, that change you and that change me, and that's the object of every lesson that is taught, is change. Change from a worldly nature to a Christ-like nature. Change from a worldly person to a spiritual person. To change from an infant in Christ to a mature adult in Christ. Let's strengthen faith. It's the muscle of the mind. It's the muscle of the heart. It's the muscle of the will. Now I'm going to read one scripture and close. Isn't that what they always say before they read two or three? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, Paul is so grateful of this little band of Christians who have been faithful under fire under persecution with just three weeks of his time to spent with them, to establish them, and left his uh, associates to teach them further. It said, we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, 
which is at work in you who believe. Let the word work in you by faith, and you will live by faith every hour of every day, every day of your life, until the Lord takes you home. God bless you for listening. And if you have a need uh, to confess the name of Jesus, if you have not done Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, I will confess before my Father and before the holy angels. You need to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if you have that faith in your heart. And having made that good confession, having repented of the wrongs of the past, let him wash you clean in the blood of the Lamb, as you obey him today, won't you stand and sing? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior.